Well, this, this morning is, is a feast Sunday, and for those Eagle of you who maybe new or guests here at Community Covenant, it's a Sunday where normally we conclude the service a little bit earlier and invite everyone out into the welcome area to enjoy some refreshments. And we also have tables with uh, ministry information and opportunities for you to connect here in the church. It also uh, is a Sunday, I think appropriately called the feast, because it's on Communion Sunday. Uh, So my message is normally a little bit shorter, more of a homily and uh, connected uh, to communion. So that's where we're going today. So I thought what I would do sort of wrap up where we've been the last five weeks in our Bless Sermon series. And uh, you might recall uh, that Bless uh, really is about five missional practices, five ways that we can exert influence and be a part of Christ's work in the world as we answer His call to be a part of his mission, and bringing his message into people's lives. And uh, by way of review, and in case you've missed the series or part of it, uh, this brochure is back at the connection window, and it has in it uh, the handouts from each of the five weeks that explain in a little more detail uh, each of the five uh, missional practices, okay? So if you didn't get one of these or you missed a week, go back on the way out this morning and pick one up. But I want to review, excuse me, I want to review what those five practices are, okay? So let's start with B. Can we say it together? Begin with prayer. You know, everything we do here at Community Covenant has as its foundation prayer. Uh, prayer isn't a ministry. Prayer is the ministry of the church. Do you know that? Uh, if we're going to be uh, effective in bringing Christ's hope, healing, and wholeness to our community and to our world, uh, we need to begin in prayer. We need to continue in prayer. Uh, prayer needs to be the foundation of all we do. That's why we have uh, our, our prayer ministry at the back during service during, at the cross that at any time uh, during the service. You can get up, you can go back, you can be prayed for, you can pray with somebody. Or we have our prayer wall as you come in to the worship area for you to to put on the wall and post prayer requests. And others will join you in praying for that. Uh, Prayer uh, is vital. We believe in pervasive prayer. And so, as a part of our five missional practices as a part of bringing Christ's hope, healing, and wholeness to the world, we want to begin and continue in prayer. All right? What's the L stand for? Let's see. That's pretty good. Let's look at the slide. Survey says, that's right. Listen with care. So number one, we begin with prayer. Number two, we listen with care. So often in our enthusiasm, we want to we tell people uh, about Jesus without first listening to, to hear where God is at work in their lives already. What's going on? Where, 
where the message of the gospel uh, can really penetrate and have impact in their lives. And we do that by, by listening. I'll tell you something. Nothing shows people that you care for them more than when you take time just to look at them, sit with them, and listen to them. Really listen. That communicates great value. And as a follower of Jesus Christ, when you listen to somebody, it communicates that God values them as well. Okay? So we want to begin with prayer, and we want to listen, right, with care. So, next, and this is what we do really good together, and that's eat together. Um, In Jesus' day, uh, a meal was held around a table, and when you broke bread, when you invited somebody to the table, you know what that meant? That really signified belonging. It signified that uh, there was a relationship with those that you would gather around your table. It, It really signified. Those that were there were your people. And and that it was more than just a casual uh, acquaintance. There was real belonging and relationship taking place. And so we want to do that as well. And that is a practice when you uh, begin with prayer and you invite someone for a meal, for a cup of coffee, for a wonderful scone uh, over at Jitters. And you just sit and listen with care, right? You set the table. Um, for being able to share your lives together, in particular, share Christ with them. The fourth missional initiative, do you remember what that is? Pastor Tyler preached on that. Serve in love. Serve in love. I'm going to talk about that a little bit before we go to communion this morning, but that's so important that we serve not out of a sense of obligation, not out of a sense of duty, a performance, but our service really flows out of the love that God has poured into our lives and the, and the love that we have for others, that, that we serve with love. Jesus reminded his disciples that he didn't come to be served. What did he come to do? To serve others. And uh, he modeled that for us. And if we're going to bring Christ's hope, healing, and wholeness into the lives of others, into a world that desperately needs what Jesus has to offer, we need to serve with love. Serve with love. And then finally, uh, the the last S... Share your story. It's amazing that as we begin with prayer, we listen with care, we set the table and and create a context through which relationship can happen. As we're intentional about serving with love, lo and behold, God opens the door for us to share our story. And, And our story is really God's story. It's a story that God has given us. It's a story uh, of, of His narrative of salvation in which we have been saved by grace through faith. Our lives have been transformed uh, by Jesus Christ. We've been filled with His Holy Spirit. Uh, 
And we have something to say about the reality of our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. And we look for opportunity in the context of relationship to be able to share um, our story as we've listened to the story of others. And, and you know what's a beautiful thing is that as we share our story, God uses that to help nudge people closer to Jesus. And that's what we want to be a part of. Uh, and so, in a very real way, it, it changes the, the trajectory of, of what we call evangelism from just merely uh, in a in a perfunctory way, uh, for the sake of, James, I want to share Jesus with you. Here are the four spiritual laws. Now, that's not a bad thing necessarily. It's a tool. And uh, either you're going to come to faith or you're not. And now's the moment, James. What are you going to do? Mm, too bad. You chose not to. I'm moving on to the next person. Right? That's what you chose. But, but the point is, Rather than making the point of evangelism necessarily conversion at this moment, you know, how about counting conversations instead that you have with people? Do you, do you see that? How about demonstrating that you care about them, that you want to be a part of their lives, that you want to listen, and that you want to demonstrate God's love through service? And I'm telling you, that gives you a platform to be a part of God's ongoing work um, in somebody's life. Um, what I'd like to do here before we go to communion is if you would turn to John's gospel, there's a portion I want to share with you. John chapter 13. The context uh, is what is known as Jesus' farewell discourse. These, these chapters here, uh, you'll notice... Uh, in the Gospel of John and in maybe some of your Bibles have a lot of red letters. And, and the reason why is the context is right before Jesus is arrested and going to the cross, uh, he gathers his disciples together um, for a meal. Uh, we call it the Last Supper. It's a, a communion meal that, that we today are going to partake in. But there's a larger context in which he takes that as an opportunity to share with his disciples the things that are most important. And as he does that, he wants to model for them also all the things that he's taught them over the last or the previous three years. And, and so really, this is a time in which he realizes that he wants to remind them, give them, and encourage them for the mission that, that he has called them to. And they're going to come to really realize in, in a greater, fuller way what that means in, in this these section, this few chapters of John. But in John chapter 13, you're familiar with the story that Jesus washed his disciples' feet. And of course, there's an aspect of, of the missional practices of um, serving in love. And uh, it was totally unexpected. Uh, he would have been the, the least likely to have been thought to have done that. And yet he does do that because he wants to model and remind them of something that he's taught them about the kingdom of God. 
and about the mission of all those who are his followers, that it is a life of service. But that service flows out of community. You know, if we don't learn to serve one another here and in this community of faith that we call Community Covenant, we'll never be able to do it effectively out there. And so Jesus starts and models what it means to serve in Christian community, but that's the impetus, that becomes the impulse for service outside the community of faith. But I want to call your attention, beginning in verse 12 of chapter 13, just to a few verses. It says, When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Then he asked them a question. He says, Do you understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Verse 14. Now that I, your teacher, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set an example And now here are the words that really strike me, especially as we conclude our our blessed series. Jesus says, I have set an example that you should do what I have done for you. Jesus has set an example for you and for me that we would be willing to do for each other and for others what Jesus has done for us. Jesus models what it means to be a servant. And He calls all those who are His followers to serve others. And He goes on and He says, Very truly I tell you, now get this, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Now I have to confess to you that so often my orientation or or my thinking centers around what God or what Jesus has done for me or what I want Him to do for me. And sometimes that's the focus of my faith and my walk with Him. But what Jesus is saying here is, yes, I I have done many things for you, but I have blessed you for a purpose. I have blessed you so that you can now go and bless others. And, And really, in these few verses that we're looking at, Jesus is encouraging His disciples to go into the world to serve God, to serve each other, and to serve those that they'll encounter in the world as they take the message of God's salvation through Jesus Christ to those that are in the world. That's what this is really about. And and Jesus is reminding them. This is what the last three years have been about. And this is what your lives are to be about. Uh, And He had these final moments with them to remind excuse me, to remind them uh, before He went to the cross. Now, there's there's two things that have happened in my life this week. 
I think that really drive this home, and I, and I want to be thoughts that lead us to his table, okay? The first thing, actually it began a couple weeks ago, uh, was I discovered that my identity has been stolen. Can you imagine that? Someone literally has taken my identity. They have all my information, including my social security number. And they have and are using my good credit, all right, um, to their ends and for their means. And I'm beginning to get letters in the mail from creditors saying I'm owing them thousands of dollars based on uh, what these people have done. In fact, with one credit card, they did what's called an account takeover. Uh, where they've redirected all the mailing and everything to this false um, web address and address uh, to try to conceal the fact that they were doing it so I wouldn't figure it out, right? But I did. Uh, And so the last several weeks, I've been working to restore my good name. I've been working uh, contacting creditors and the credit uh, agencies to say, hey, listen, that's not Todd McCarrow. This is Todd McCarrow. Uh, Somebody has stolen my identity and living life in a way I would never live it. Okay? And what Jesus is trying to remind his disciples of and what Jesus wants to remind you and I of is that we have an identity. And that identity is in Christ Jesus. And as we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we are called in the power of the Spirit to live into that identity fully. And we don't want to live lives that don't reflect our true identity. We don't want to live counterfeit lives. We don't want to live lives that aren't consistent with the lives that Christ has called us to. Do you see that? Uh, We don't want the the pressure or the influence of culture or those around us who may not know Jesus um, to cause us to live into any other identity than the one that we have in Him. Do you see that? We don't want our identity stolen and we don't want to give our identity away. And that's why it's so important, right, that we follow Jesus' example and His model that He's left for us. The second thing that happened this week, uh, in case you haven't noticed, and now I'm not blonde, is I've been a bit dizzy, okay? I mean, literally, physically dizzy. And uh, those of you that know, when Lori and I go on vacation, often we go to warm water destinations where we scuba dive. Well, it turns out that as a result of our diving while we were on vacation, Uh, I injured my inner ear, and I have something called vertigo, okay? And so even now as I'm sitting here with you, things are kind of going like this. It's like I'm on board of a ship, and I'll sit down and get up, and my head will spin, and I'll be disoriented, and sometimes I feel like I'm just kind of walking like in a cloud somewhere. I'm not kind of really, my feet aren't firmly planted on uh, terra firma, okay? And, and even now as I'm talking with you, that's kind of going on. And frankly, I didn't know if I was going to be able to even come this morning. Because yesterday, man, I was rocking and rolling. And uh, so I have this thing called vertigo. But what really is vertigo? Uh, vertigo causes uh, disorientation. It affects 
your equilibrium, okay? Now, when we're not living into our true identity as Christ followers, guess what happens to us? We get a, a spiritual vertigo. Uh, our orientation is off. Our, our lives don't feel as if they are firmly planted on the foundation that Christ has laid for us. And so this morning as we conclude our blessed series, as we talk about these five missional practices, and as we just recall these words of Jesus again, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are masters greater than the one who sent them. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. I want to encourage each of us this morning as we come to the table. See now, standing up. Yeah. There you go. I wonder if this is what Timothy Leary felt like. I don't know. As I come to the table this morning, um, I want to call us to remember the words of Jesus, to live and to do as He has done for us. To start in this community, because really, blesses a community thing. But out of the blessing of this faith community, to live in such a way that we're intentional about following Jesus in the world and blessing others. That our identity is sure and our equilibrium, right, is solid. That we live on firm footing. And it's the faith and the identity that we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. I guarantee you as we do that, we'll be a part of that plan of His of bringing hope, healing, and wholeness to our community, to our state, and to our world. And that is a part of our mission statement, okay?